0: All right, welcome to the Candidly Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Luke Burke, and today my guest is going to be David Swisher of Next Up Sports. Candidly Speaking is doing a a My Service Matters week-long podcast where I will highlight veterans from all walks of life and allow them to discuss their contribution to society and their communities. So let's go. David, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining.
1: I appreciate you having me.
0: All right. Uh, First thing I want to say is um, thank you for your service, of course. Thank Uh, you. All right. Um, So I just want to kind of go into your background because I'm really interested in, we talked a little bit about next up Sports and, you know, possibly seeing how we can work some things in the D.C. area, but I really like what you're doing. So I just want to kind of give everyone a, a background of, of, of you and then we'll get into uh, your military service and we'll get into uh, next up sports. So you joined the Army in 1999, did basic training, at basic um, did your basic infantry training at, uh, was it Fort Benning? Yes. Fort Benning, Benning. Georgia. Okay, Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, spent time at Fort Lee, Fort Hood, Fort Bragg in Germany as uh, part of the 1st Infantry Division. Uh, While in Germany, you play local basketball, building connections with professional coaches, trained players starting in 2001 while you were in the Army. Over the years, you help you help place players overseas, ultimately leading to connection with former NBA player and current coach Sam Cassell, who he has also um, placed. You have placed his son overseas as well. Uh, In 2019, you started next up Sports sports media platform that is designed to help kids get more exposure. Given that introduction, I have to say something. So uh, Sam Cassell, when he was here in Washington, I was so upset when he was no longer in Washington because I thought he helped. uh, I think he was there for John Walls, maybe his rookie year and his second year.
1: Huge part of development.
0: Right. It was a big part of his development. And I thought I, I really had hoped that they would keep him around, but. Um, I'm not sure. Is he he coaching somewhere right now you know of?
1: Yeah, he was with the L.A. Clippers. Of course, they let Doc Rivers go. Right, right. And he followed Doc to To Philly. Philly. Okay. But he had a couple of coaching. He interviewed a few jobs, and just nobody, I guess, at this time wanted to give him an opportunity, which I feel like is kind of dumb. (laughs) Last year he interviewed for the Memphis job, and he didn't get that one.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But I always thought that he was really good for John Wall because um, my son, we were all big fans of John Wall. We went, when they first drafted him that year, we went to Six Flags, did the, you know, that was when Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas was here and yes. he was leaving. Yep. And, you know, we went there to go see the players and we saw Gilbert and, you know, it was really fun. My son was only about three years old and that was really fun. But, you know, we couldn't see Wall because there was a long, long line. So, um, but anyway... Yeah, but, you know, I, we've been to a lot of games, but I, I really wanted to point out that thing about Sam Cassell because I think he really helped uh, John what's Wall. What's great
1: about Sam is he's a really relationship person, mm. and that's what's helped him build really good bonds with players and help him develop players because he's built such a good bond with them. Like he he calls uh, Doc Rivers' son, mm. you know, like a son to him. Wow. Because he built such a bond with him.
0: Wow. Wow. No, that's pretty. That's pretty good. So once again, I'm glad you had a chance to uh, speak with us. So want to get into because this is geared around the military, but I'm really excited to get into next up sports. Um, so your military background is interesting to me because my dad, um, as a Vietnam vet, he was also um, an eleven Bravo. I spent some time in Second ID in Korea, so I'm very familiar with the with the um, with the field. So um, I think it's one of the most misunderstood MOSs out there. Um, and I think the amount of training that you guys do and discipline that you guys have and professionalism is probably unmatched by a lot of, um, fields in, in the army and in the military as a whole. Can you talk a little bit about the things that you did as an infantryman and, and, and maybe, you know, a a day to day or, you know, just some of the things that you remember about being an 11 Bravo in the army.
1: A lot of people think that. Everybody that goes infantry is just grunts and they're dumb. You know, they just want to shoot and kill people. And I think my perspective from it was I grew up watching um, the movie Green Beret with John Wayne. Mm -hmm. And so as a kid, I'm watching that. Of course, you know, I want to be a Green Beret. And a lot of the path of those guys went through the infantry. So that's kind of the reason I went that route. Ended up falling in love and not going that route to (laughs) Greenbury. okay but you know stuff happens and everything led to the right things but as far as a day-to-day thing with the infantry a lot of times we were just we're doing a lot of different training to keep us on the top of our game especially when iraq iraq came around
0: Hmm.
1: we were probably say 12 to 14 hours a day training wow You know, clearing buildings, shooting, just doing different things to to make sure that when we went, we were ready. And that's what's unfortunate. A lot of people on the outside don't get that side of it because you think, oh, they're fixing to go. They get to spend time with their family maybe before they deploy. And it really wasn't like that. It was a good 14, sometimes 17-hour days of getting things ready to go. There's no time to spend with your family because you went home and wanted to go to sleep. Right, right. So, yeah, that that was the tough side of it. You know, just you, at, kind of at the end of my career, I got lucky. And while I was in the 1st uh, Infantry Division, I got to end up being my commander's driver. Okay. And, of course, a lot of people hated me for that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I got lucky and was able to do that for my last, like, six months. So,
0: wow, that's pretty cool. The, the only time I ever had an opportunity— to drive my commander around. I was working in, um, I was working in public affairs and when I was in the infantry unit, I remember the general, he had a driver. And yeah. you know, that was, that That's was his thing, to do. right. That that was all he did. You know, he was driving, but you know, everybody thought it was such a, a, a great job, but this guy was also um, an 11 Bravo. And he's like, man, yeah. I just want to do something. I, you know, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't right. He wasn't really into it like that. And everybody else was like, oh, it must be cool to drive him around. And you ask him questions. It's... does he talk? And he's like, no, he doesn't really talk. You know, I was like, okay. You know?
1: It was, it was definitely a boring job <laughs> on the, when I didn't drive him, I actually, he had a pet project was the first infantry museum. Mm, so I actually okay. got to work in that. It was pretty cool. Cause they put my uniform in the Kosovo exhibit. Wow. He's on a, A female medic but it was still in the exhibit and i've been kind of curious because that base has moved back to kansas Hmm. so i'm i want to drive up there and just see if my uniform's still in the museum
0: oh man that would be nice yeah that would be nice and that was um probably didn't get like a i mean I i don't know if everybody was walking around with a cell phone during that time so yeah probably i
1: have a i have a picture from the what is the, I wouldn't blink, the Stars and Stripes?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: I have to find it. I have a picture of me sitting next to the uniform, like messing with it. Right. And they did an article on the museum opening and everything. There was nothing in there saying it was my uniform, but I can just look
0: back and know it was my uniform. Wow. Wow. Yeah, one of, one of my friends, so like I said, you know, being in second idea, a lot of my friends were, some of my friends came from my school with me. But a lot of my friends were um, guys who were 11 Bravo. And one of the guys, it's interesting you say that, because one of the guys did work at the museum. And, uh, yeah, he he actually liked it, though. He was like, you know, he said it was a history lesson. Yeah, right. Exactly. He said it was a good history lesson for him. And I guess it made him appreciate the um, the, uh, people that
1: come before you.
0: Right. (laughs) But, you know. He was also funny thing is he was also a really good basketball player. I don't know whatever happened to his basketball career, but he was a really young guy at the time and he was talking about trying to walk on somewhere. But I, I never knew what ended up happening to his career. Um I didn't hear anything about him and back then I was following basketball really closely. So um I'm not sure I'm not sure what what ended up happening to him. Yeah, I, I tried to look him up before. It's not always uh, it's not always easy. Some people like to it's hide. Really-
1: Oh, yeah. What's really awesome about Facebook, a good friend of mine that helped me try out for a pro basketball team in Germany. Mm. He was in the Army with me. I think he's about 6'5", 6'6". Well, this is back 2001, 2002 was the last time i seen him. Well, for probably a good six or seven years before Facebook was invented, I kept trying to hit up that old email address. (laughs) Because we was in the Army together and everything. I couldn't get a hold of him. Facebook comes around, and I start searching his name again and bam we got back in contact well what's really cool about it is he just retired last year his wife is german he Mm. moved back to germany and he's now a pro coach over there for a team so it kind of went uh, like full circle for him wow wow he's asked me to come over and you know be assistant help out with the team i just you know i have my kids here and i can't leave them
0: yeah yeah no, I, I definitely understand that. So I see that you spent some time. I'm actually originally from North Carolina, nowhere near Fort Bragg. But uh, I see that you spent some time in Fort Bragg. How, how was that for you? Did you like Fort Bragg?
1: I love the base. Okay. You know, Of course, like I said, I wanted to be a Green Beret. So getting to experience that, True. just see where those guys, the path that they went through and getting to see the museum and just seeing what those guys experience is pretty sweet. Know a good friend of mine who is a Green Bray and everything. He took me on the back side of Fort Bragg and said, you know, over there on the other side of that huge barrier and all those fences is a where they have the Delta
0: Force. Right.
1: So it's it's pretty sweet to know all that.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty nice. And it's funny you say what you said about infantry because, you know, as I said before, my dad was an infantry man, and one of the stories he told, I think he, I I did his podcast first. Uh, I'm not going to publish his until Veterans Day. But I think one of the stories he told (laughs) was he went to do his, uh, I guess, whatever the equivalent of the ASVAB was back then. I don't know if it was the same thing or what. But he said that he went in there. He did really well on it, on the test. And they told him what his job was going to be. And he looked at him and said, well, I don't want that job. How how are you giving me that job? (laughs) And then he said the guy told him. Well, we don't want no, any dummies out here, you know, so you have to be smart to do the job, you know. Yeah. And I will second that because some of the stuff I've seen, the training that I've seen the infantry guys do, like you alluded to, 12-, 14-hour days. Um, I've seen these guys, they're the best. They know how to sleep, that's for sure. They know how to sleep yeah. anywhere, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know anywhere, everywhere, you know. And um, I thought I, I just – you know, for fields like that, because my field was completely different. You know, I had a whole new level of respect for for guys like that. Like we had this thing where, you know, you can you you know you do gate guard or whatever it is that you do when you're in the field yeah. and stuff like that. You know, you do that little stuff. To do
1: that plenty too.
0: <laughs> right. So, but you got these. You but I did it only temporarily, and I see these guys, man. They're just so efficient with it. It's like I gotta think about ten. 10 20 30 seconds before i execute but i see some of these infantry guys and they're just executing right away and i'm like i was always impressed you with that do it
1: so much so yeah. it, it becomes a second nature something i loved about some of the training that we did which we didn't go to this extent but we were piggybacking off what the navy seals did to an extent that they trained they would clear buildings like for a whole day for like 10 to 12 hours no rounds wow. just going in boom, boom 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 it would probably a good two to three days, no rounds, just clearing buildings, getting the you know the move maneuvers and everything down before they went live. Mm. So you've done did it a good you know two hundred to three hundred. I wouldn't say a thousand times, but <laughs> you did it quite a bit to a point where there's minimizing the mistakes. So when you do have rounds, you have more muzzle control and everything, so there's mm. less likely you're going to shoot a teammate.
0: Right. Right. So. No, the train training is definitely. Uh intense and you know all the all the guys that i met in infantry it's like when it was time to work it was time to work but when it was time for those guys to party (laughs) 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 it was time to party for those guys so i have always admired admired the field uh when i was in um uh, PLDC, I guess now they call it W.L.C. Warrior Leaders Course or yeah, whatever they it call was it now. PLDC When I was in, too. okay, yeah. So I, you know, I come across these guys, and I, I when I went to basic training, I went to Fort Sill. So my base actually, I originally had orders to go to Fort Benning for my basic training. However, I don't know how they got changed. I ended up going to Fort Sill, which was even more strange because it was artillery um yeah. so it was like those guys they wanted to be infantry but they kind of weren't infantry so you know they always kind of struggled and then one of my drill sergeants he was artillery former infantry because i think he got hurt and you know that was that was a i guess the term is a leg that was the one thing he hated yeah. being yeah. forever so he he couldn't take it that much so he went and changed his uh field but he still wanted to do something combat related and the last story i'll say i told this on the podcast with my dad um, when we did our first live fire exercise in basic training, it wasn't a, it wasn't so much of live fires, the thing where they firing over your head or whatever. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. I, it, it's, crawling.
0: Right. It scared me so much. I called my dad and I was like, how in the world did you survive a real war? I just was out there scared and I knew I wasn't going to get shot. How in the world did you survive a real war? So um, I used to bullets tell my dad, coming that. Pretty
1: low, so I don't know about it. if you stood up, you might've got shot. I
0: mean, maybe, maybe I, I made sure I didn't. I kept my head to the ground and did the, I guess the low crawl. Oh, I yeah. was
1: going so fast that I caught up to the guy in front of me and he was kicking me in the face. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> and then I got to the front and I was right where the, they were shooting and the bullets were falling down the back of my neck. I was like,
0: ah, 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 ah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough but um excuse me i said what rough is what i meant so um so i kind of want to transition now into the magazine um first of all i really like those covers that you're doing man whoever whoever you sure. have helping you with the photography um or if you're doing that um it looks, yeah, I have a looks, friend that's looks helping great
1: with photography i'm just doing the designing part which i feel like i still have a lot of work but
0: it's yeah getting there yeah no it, it look it looks great man it's, it's very professional Um, so as we said in the introduction, you, you have next up sports and I really like the concept of next up sports. So can you go into what next up sports is and what your vision is, um, for next up sports? Um,
1: it's actually pretty cool. My friend that I was telling you about in Germany, that's the head coach of a pro team. Now I was just one day, I'm like, man, I have all these contacts in college basketball, pro basketball. I just feel like there's a way I can use this to to help people. Hmm. And he's the one that said, you know, maybe you should do a little magazine called Under the Radar, you know, for players that go under the radar and everything. Right. So that's what I originally started the magazine at was Under the Radar, but I didn't do much research. Hmm. So when I started doing research, there was a lot of other things that were called Under the Radar. There was an old magazine, I guess, from the 70s, that was called Under the Radar. Okay. So around October, November of last year, I changed it to Nexus Sports just to prevent anything, if this blows up, me getting sued.
0: Right, right.
1: So, you know, it originally started with going to try to find these gems, you know, the diamonds in the rough. Because most of the the news media is they cover all the superstar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: amazing players. And so there's that middle ground I feel like as a niche that they're not getting covered, but also they need exposure to more colleges. Hmm. So I felt like that's where I can help and try to make a difference with those kids and maybe get a more, um, you know, scholarship offers or some that didn't or wasn't going to get an offer, maybe help them get an offer. So that's really where it started from, just trying to find a way to use what I have built up over the years, my connections, to find a way to use that to help. Hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And I I see a lot of the kids that you uh, highlight. And I think think it's great what you're doing because I think about my own son. I don't know if he's going to hit 6'5 or 6'8 or whatever the height is going to be. You know, definitely some of his friends are. um, But, you know, I don't know if he's going to hit that height. And I think he's talented, but, you know, he could slide under the radar. So I thought something like this would be. Would be a really good. So how how can a kid get featured in the next up sport? I know right now you're you're focusing mostly on on Arkansas, but I think you're looking to to grow.
1: Yeah, I'm wanting to grow it nationwide, and you know someday even worldwide. But right now, reason being, I'm focused on Arkansas because you know I live here. Right. But you know, I'm looking to get other people, I guess, vetted in different states to mm-hmm. start doing what I'm doing. And so we can help more. So it can grow to a point where, you know, maybe, you know, someone in another state, this can be their own, you know, business like mine, that they're partner with me and they can do this full time helping the athletes, but at the same time, make it a a full time living. Right.
0: Right. So what sports do you currently cover? Do you cover all sports or what sports do you cover? The
1: main ones is football, basketball, and then, you know, a little bit of baseball, but. Every once in a while, I cover, you know, some volleyball and different things like that. Like a friend of mine that he was actually a Navy, Navy veteran. We used to work at the local prison here together, state prison. Okay. And he had a dream of being a wrestling coach because he grew up wrestling, and he's a pretty talented wrestler. Hmm. It was pretty cool because he just recently got him a head coaching job at a local high school here. Oh, wow. And uh, so he's a, a wrestling coach, and that's one of the sports that really doesn't get sh- – it doesn't really get hardly any coverage. And so I'm going to try to go get some, you know, coverage of that because I feel like, you know, he's been a good friend. And if I can help get some of those kids some coverage as well. At the end of the day, if we can get some of these kids that are, you know, other sports just not get much coverage because it helps not just give them exposure, but it's also something when they get older to look back on like, hey, I was in a magazine. I can, They can show their kids. yeah, Or it's something for their parents to be like, it's a a, mim- mim- I can't talk, mim- I can't even say the word, <laughs> you know, tongue-tied, but it's something for them to hold on to and for them to remember. So, you know, there's a lot of great things about the magazine, not just exposure for kids, but it's good for the parents because they, they want to see their kids in, you know, some kind of publication. But, you know, it's all, all, all in all, I feel like it's, right now it's making a difference. I feel like as it grows, it's going to just keep making a difference for a lot of kids.
0: Right. And that's a good point. That's a good point. I've, I've, I'm still searching for a yearbook photo, um, that I remember of me shooting a basketball. I remember it specifically because I think it was actually an air ball and, uh, the forum looked good. That's <laughs> not the good part to remember. <laughs> yeah. That's not the good part to remember, but the forum looked good, you know, and I, I think we won the game, but, uh, I've been looking for that for a long time and my point is, you know, for 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 the youth to have something when they look back, you know, maybe they don't go pro but you know, maybe yeah. they just have this stuff that they can look back on to to remember is exactly. great, you know. And and you probably do this. I look, you know, every now and then when I'm going through have my little bins where I'm looking for something, I'll come across a stack of pictures from when I was in the army because, you know, we still when I was in the army, I came in, uh, early two thousands and, you know, we would take the little cameras and still drop them off at the CVS and pick yep, up the film. Exactly. And, you know, we it's were still, we were found still doing Yeah. So we were still doing that. So every now and then I'll go and I'm looking for something and I'll go through those photos and it's, it's always bringing back good memories to, to look at that. So I, I agree with you that the kids will have that to, to look back on. Um, so I, we talked about you training. So do you still, do you still train players and do you have any players that are currently playing overseas?
1: Um, I don't have any players that are playing overseas that I train. There's a couple of guys that I've placed as far as training. I haven't really, I've trained a couple of kids just on and off recently, but as far as full time, it's probably been four years, you know, maybe no five years. I was in a marriage that she didn't really care for me to doing anything other than focusing on her, hmm. and I end up giving up the training just to, you know, and you know we've been divorced now for four years now, almost four years. Okay. But uh, you know, pretty much I've been trying to focus on my kids and this magazine. Like I just want to be the best father I can be. So it's me working on this magazine. If I'm not doing the magazine, I'm focusing on my kids.
0: Right. Right. No, I, I understand that. Um, so kind of going back to your Army career, you know, we learn a lot in the Army. There's a lot of emphasis on uh, discipline, attention to detail, especially in, in the field that you were in as an infantryman. How would you say those different disciplines helped you kind of build your plan um, to, to next up sports? Because I know sometimes we'll, we, have, we have something in our minds we have a pretty good place on where we want it to go and then it kind of changes a little bit. So, so that discipline that you learned from being the infantry, man, how, how would you say that that helped you stay locked in and focused if it helped you at all uh, in this, in that situation?
1: Yeah. You know, the biggest thing that I take away from the military is selflessness. Hmm. That right there is, I think is what's helped me with, I think, you know, the next up sports aspect. Because it's not about me, it's about helping the the next person with what I've been able to build. You know, at the end of the day I could just be selfish and, you know, do everything for myself. But, you know, it's I've tried things like that before and you just don't feel good. And so honestly, I think, you know, when you in the military you learn that, you know, you gotta be selfless to help others and do your best to put others before you and that's kind of what I've did with this it just and so far I mean I'm not rich but at the end of the day I'm doing things for others and I'm happy I don't need to be you know money rich I'm I'm rich as far as just the things that's happening around me because of the great things that I was taught in the military the discipline like you said just it's helped me a bit with all the things that i do it helps me you know maintain focus on you know getting tasks done there's so many aspects of the military that when you look at it and like you take a deep look at it like man it's actually helping me in my real life
0: Mm,
1: yep you know routine you know because in the military routine is huge if you don't have a routine your life is jacked up
0: (laughs) right right now, how what the one thing I want to hear is how are the kids responding once they see themselves? I've seen you have a lot of kids on the cover, and um, how how do they respond when they first see themselves? Because you do print and digital, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. So how are they responding to that?
1: So far, it's been amazing. I'll go to events and people will see me and like, "Hey, that's the next up guy, I like the overtime." <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, everybody's loving it. And then the parents, they'll see me get all giddy and excited. And I'm a very mellow person. Hmm. I rarely get excited about anything. So when people's getting all excited and stuff, and I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to show excitement for them because mm-hmm. they're all happy. Yep. But I have a hard time doing that because I'm a very calm person. Okay. But yeah, it, it, it feels good. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as I'm helping people, that's to me, that's the end goal. Hmm. Hmm. But so far it's been I've had nothing but you know love from from people
0: right so if someone is listening to this um you know, I have friends kind of all over the place as you probably do you know that's kind of what the military will do for you sometimes but um if someone is listening right now and they have maybe a background in this and they want to maybe partner with you what type of way what type of people are you looking for? First of all, and what, how can they, how can they reach out to you to possibly partner with you on, um, maybe building a a next up sports brand where they are?
1: Biggest thing I'm looking for is people who are self motivated. That doesn't have to have someone over their shoulder looking, saying, Hey, are you getting this done? Are you doing, are you making things happen today? You know, that's the, I think anybody's looking for that if they have a business. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's tough to find, especially younger people, to actually get something done. But yeah, I say self-motivated person, and I mean, love sports, wanting to help youth, and have no issues with you know going out and talking to people.
0: Okay. You know,
1: the rest I think can be learned. You know, as long as they're willing to, you know, put in the time and learn. All Just right. from the hours that I've put into this and where it's at right now, the growth there's a huge chance for growth as long as people are willing to put in the work. I got but you. They they can reach me at uh, you know next up sports on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email next up you at gmail.com.
0: Okay, and I'll make sure um I get make sure I have all the information and I'll post it up for people that may be um, listening. So I want to also share with people that to put something like this together is not very easy. So as a, I do photography and as a photographer, I was working on a um on a magazine called oh uh, well, it was more of a just a magazine series called Body Image. And it was basically a place. It was for men and women, um, but most of the people who volunteered to participate were women. But it was a place where they can kind of show themselves and talk about, you know, the things that bother them and how society sees them. And um, I did that magazine, and that was difficult. It wasn't even a print magazine, and it was it was very difficult. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do because um especially i'm a, i'm a fan of indesign um but sure. it, it's not it's not always the easiest program sometimes so i just want to let people know how difficult what you're doing is so when you when you post about the hours that you're spending in that i know it it's, i know you are yeah. cuz it's it's not the easiest of I have programs no design background whatsoever so right well and see and that makes it a even more trial difficult and error right that makes it even more difficult um
1: there's a difference between the print and the digital too because i'll like i'll publish the the digital side of it It looks great and then i go get a print copy of it from the (laughs) local place here so i can just see what it looks like i'm like oh crap i gotta fix this gotta fix this like it didn't turn out right
0: yeah yeah and then
1: i gotta go back and fix a bunch of stuff so it's it sucks (laughs) yeah it's a learning curve for sure
0: it it is definitely a learning curve, and you know one of the one of the biggest things in design, because that's what I learned in the army, was doing the multimedia stuff. Is, you know, is is making sure that you have it set up to where you can match the the printing. Because if you don't, like you said, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, text is gonna be over here, or the colors mm-hmm. might bleed off or, or not bleed yeah. where you want them. To, you know, so there's there's a lot to go involved. The put into. the bleed and make sure you put a bleed and right. <laughs> Right. Right. So it's, there's a, there's Picture, a lot. Pictures are not blurry cause they turned out great on digital, but <laughs> the print, they look like crap. Right. Well, you know, I have a, uh, I have a friend uh, we used to work together. He's a, uh, he has a master's degree. I believe in like visual communication and he is out of all the people I've met to work in programs like InDesign and Photoshop. He's probably, I have another friend too. She's really good, but um, he works. He, he's, he does really well with this, with this type of stuff. And he can, you know, he can, he can help with, with any, with anything. So, um, you know, it's definitely not, not an easy thing. That's, and I want people uh, to know that.
1: I haven't had the money to pay other people. Right. So that's right. why I spend hours and hours of sometimes not sleeping, trying to figure stuff out because mm-hmm. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. It's like, it might take me longer than the normal person, but I'm going to make it happen.
0: Yeah. And, and I think I think one of the things that I've learned, like even with this podcast, right, so maybe one day I will go and take it to another level and maybe I will go and, um, you know, make this thing bigger because I have different visions for this as well. But I'd love to have it part of next up sports. I mean, that would be nice. Oh, that you know, yeah. even if
1: you branched off as doing just a sport thing or something.
0: You know, I have I have thought about what what I could branch off into that. I think that would be that would be pretty cool. And we can we can definitely talk dope. about that. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that because, you know, what you're doing, starting from starting from where you are right now. The, the beautiful thing about it is as this, as everything grows, then when you're bringing people in, you know what they need to be able to do. And yep. you know how to tell them what they need to be able to do. So right now, starting from the ground up, and you're building everything around you, you're gonna be able to. If if it gets to a point to where people aren't stepping up, you'll be able to step right in and say, "Hey, look, this is what you need to do. This is that. This is yep. that." So starting from where you are right now is a is a I really had great to learn thing. Everything. Yeah, you know, no, it's, I'm
1: still learning. So
0: yeah, it's, it's it's definitely great. So with that being said, is there anything else? Uh, there's two things for you I, I would like to um, uh, ask. So would you? is there anything you could say to a kid who's out there? Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe their parents are listening to this and they got it, you know, got it planned for their kids. And what what would you say to some kids out there that are, are a little discouraged because maybe some of their friends are, 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 are maybe getting some looks or, you know, maybe it seems like they're excelling at the sport and they're, and they're not. And, you know, um, and then after you answer that question, what, what, well, what would you, what would you say to that kid to encourage them? And then Later on, um, is there anything that you would like to say to to any maybe current veterans that you know right now or anything to veterans um, as we approach this Veterans Day holiday?
1: As far as the kids going, you know, them wanting to play, you know, the highest level college, pro. If they have the work ethic, they can make anything happen, honestly. You know, at the end of the day, it's what work you put in. just to give you a couple examples of players um you got duncan robinson plays for the miami heat Mm. he went to play division three to division one he's in the nba right now sam cassell which i've been telling him i want to tell his story Mm. but he went and played juco from juco went d1 drafted to you know play for the rockets won two championships there had a good 13, 14 year career. Yeah. He's an NBA, you know, assistant coach right now. Right. Anything is really possible. And there are, there's so many other stories of, you know, people who didn't give up and they were still, they made it happen. The people that don't make it is the ones that just give up and say, I can't do it. Hmm. You just have to keep going, you know, no matter what, like I said, with this magazine, I'm going to make it happen. That's right. the mindset you got to have. If you don't have that mindset, you might as well not even try, right. honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think, uh, didn't Jimmy Butler do Juco as well? Yeah. Wasn't he a year at Juco?
1: Yeah. Juco. There's so many players that we can name. You know, players always, that's something I deal with a lot of players. Like, I'm going D1, I'm going D1. Like, just quit worrying about that. That's the last thing. Just get out there, put in the work and play. And if you're supposed to go D1, you are. And if you don't go D1, you still can make D1 later. Just work on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that, making
1: that the only goal.
0: Yeah. No, I think that I think that kids do focus a lot on on Division One, but any I a few years ago I went to a um, USA basketball camp up in Cleveland, Ohio, and you know I I heard one of this this a similar message repeated. You know that there is not a lot of difference in a in a in the talent between a D one player and a D two player. Um, no. Now, of course, sometimes you know you have those exceptional, you know, LeBron James guys. Yeah, like you know, coming out of high school. But for the most part, uh, most of those guys, most guys on a on a D one roster or a D two roster, probably could uh, start or fill out a bench in a, on yes, a D one team. Very much so. Right. So but the, I guess, you know, sometimes, you know, grades in getting away and, you know, different things getting getting people's way. But a lot of kids do put a heavy emphasis on going uh, D1. But I, I'm so that's why I'm so glad about stories like guys like Jimmy Butler, because, you know, he, he kept working, he kept working, he kept working and it worked out for him. And now look exactly. at him, you know, so he scored, what, 40 I points never, in the finals?
1: Never played the NBA. But just to give you an example with me. I was horrible in high school. I didn't start really playing until I was 15, so I was horrible. I joined the army, and after going through all my training and everything, and I got over to Germany, I spent a good seven to eight hours a day working on my game. That's along with a good eight hours of my work every day. Wow. I would wake up 3.30, sometimes 4 in the morning, go to a local park, and it could be freezing outside. I just put gloves and things on but i would put in a good 2 hours there before i had to go to pt. Mm. At lunch, i went for my lunch break and shot free throws for an hour, and after i got off at 5:30, i was at the gym till 10:30 just doing fundamentals and shooting. I would make a thousand shots a day.
0: Right. Wow.
1: But that's something that helped me propel to to get where i'm i'm not like i said i never played the nba, but i was a basic horrible player in high school to someone now I'm almost 40 and I can still outshoot most high school players. <laughs> and that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's funny. Wow. But, you know, I put in a ton of work and it's just kids don't understand. You know, I don't know if it's the video game age where you, know, you can just click, 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 click and make yourself, you know, higher on that certain thing. Right. But if they just work on things, you know, like Kobe says, fall in love with the basics. Yeah. And you can become a great player. I just I wish more players would work on their game and quit just worrying about all the other stuff. D one and just work on your game and everything will fall in place.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of kids who who get really sidetracked because I was I was only introduced to AAU about maybe my son is about four four or five years ago is when I was first introduced to. AAU. I didn't know a whole lot about AAU. I had heard about AAU. And um, I shouldn't use AAU because that's that's the wrong term, because not all travel Just basketball is basketball, AAU. I guess yeah. is the best word. Right. Yeah. So I, I got introduced to that. And, you know, you you see a lot of kids who, you know, you a lot of kids, they don't they don't see anything outside of. I have to do this and I have to do that. And that's why stuff yep. like what you're doing with next up sports, I think is so important because it can encourage kids that, you know, you can do this, but you can also do this. And I, I think one of the things that kids don't have a lot of is, is good guidance because a lot of the exactly. travel coaches are yep. all about how many games can I win? Yep. How many championships can I win? How many players can I recruit They're to my worried team? worried about playing. Right. Right. So Um, The last thing is, you know, is there anything you would say to to any veterans that are that are overseas or, you know, just anything encouraging, you know, to, you know, that you would want to say to them?
1: Thank you for your sacrifice, because I know how much a sacrifice it is to be away from your family. And I pray for your safety and just hope that, you know, you can hear from your family, you know, soon or get to see them. I know when I was over overseas and stuff there's really not how now you got more video conference and things like that it was just right. a, either a letter or a, or a phone call so i'm happy that they're able to to get some of that but i think that's something a lot of civilians don't understand this is just, just the sacrifice side of it mm. Mm. you know <laughs> that could be a whole nother podcast just (laughs) all the small things that people don't get to understand that side of it
0: yeah and oh go ahead i'm sorry
1: i'm just i'm not a real big fan of you know i know you said thank you you know and you've served as well so i appreciate that i just when people say thank you it just seems like it's got so diluted to where they they're just saying it
0: right they don't
1: really understand it Hmm. and so it's like you understand it but a lot of people just say it, and I really I don't wouldn't say I get annoyed by it, but I just wish they could understand it.
0: Right, right, and that's part of what I'm trying to do today because I know a lot of people don't really understand the sacrifice, um, you know, of the military and and some of the things that our that our service members go through when they're deploying. And you know, I I, I made a really soft reference to the NBA bubble, right? Because yeah. a lot of the players in the NBA bubble got a lot of criticism because You know, people are like, well, you're millionaires and, you know, you guys are sitting here, you know, you're I would love to be in Disney, you know, alone. But the one thing that I highlighted and I was not trying to compare the bubble to being in the military at all. But the one thing that I wanted people to realize was in that bubble due to the current COVID situation, these guys were away from their family. So you go from maybe you're on the road for a couple of weeks and you come back, you get to see your family to this situation right you're isolated and you don't get to see your family in your
1: hotel room you know by yourself you know that's something else when i went to germany i knew nobody so there's a lot of times i just spent my you know time by myself in my room right you know that that builds you know your mental side yeah i finally got where i've you know you were talking about the infantry guys partying (laughs) i would go out to um, I've never drunk personally. I've right. had a little sip and it was nasty to me, so I never <laughs> okay. drunk. And so I was always the designated driver, Okay. but I was always the one pulling my guys off getting it because they kept getting in a fight. So I got tired of going because they kept getting in fights and I'd have to fight and I'd have to pull them off and I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going anymore. <laughs> right. This is getting ridiculous. Right. But you know, that just being alone, you know, those guys in the bubble have to be alone a lot, and you know they have their teammates, but not everybody as a team gets along. Right,
0: right. But and it's not—it it's was not a small sacrifice yeah. for them,
1: you know. Not—it's nothing compared, big time to the military. But you know, there's similarities, like you said.
0: Right. Yeah. Is it, there's there is no comparison at all to being to. You know, being somewhere in Afghanistan or anything like that, yeah, but I have just to worry about bullets or right, exactly. You know. They didn't have to worry about any of that, but I was specifically thinking, like you emphasized, I was specifically thinking about the part of being away for your family because I think uh was it was it Gordon Hayward or somebody had a baby while they were in the bubble. Yeah, it was, um, was it, it was, was it hard. him? Was it okay? So I mean, all these, you know. So again, the only part of that I was comparing is being away from your family, you know, and and I know a that small was hard. Taste on those. of what it was like, right? They get they got a small taste of of what it was what it was like, and uh, you know, I think I watched I watched a video once. I think JaVale McGee was doing like a live thing in the yeah, bubble. Yeah, there's
1: a little behind the steam thing.
0: Yeah, and I thought, <laughs> I really thought that I heard LeBron James give a whoa. And I was like, "Did he really just say who? Did they? Did they get a? Did they get a military person coming there to you've motivate them?" So much that
1: that's what you heard. Maybe you that's heard. maybe that's what it was.
0: Maybe that's what I heard. I said, "Did LeBron just say that?" And I let my wife listen to it, and she was like, "Yeah, I think so." And it was, you know, it was it was pretty funny, man. But um, but uh, David, uh, I'm gonna let you get out of here, man. I really appreciate your time, uh, for coming on the podcast, and we're gonna continue to talk and stay in touch about. You know, how we can how we can grow the next up sports, Uh, you know, even if we go into the podcast or if we're bringing it to to the D.C. area, because there is definitely a lot of talent in the D.C. area. That's one thing I want to say about the D.C. area. A lot of people Man. don't realize how much basketball Big talent time. is here. <laughs> it's a lot of basketball talent is here. So, um, you know, so
1: what Katie came from that area, Katie, baby, Sh-
0: baby Shaq. I think uh, Quinn Cook is from around here. Yeah. Um, Michael Beasley is from here. Yeah. You know, so there's there's a What's lot of talent that came out of this area. Um What's his name? The short dude that played in the NBA. Real Muggsy short. Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, yeah he's from yeah. Baltimore. His uh I think yeah. either I his, it's either his not too far from you. Yeah, his either his grandson Sam's from Baltimore. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Actually his wife still lives there. Oh, I didn't know that. Um I know Muggsy Bogues. His grandson I think it's his grandson Who's playing uh, up right now at one of the top AAU programs around? Uh, he's playing up there.
1: DC Assault?
0: No, it's not DC Assault. I think I think he plays for Team Thrill, out in okay. Baltimore, and they produce Team Thrill produces a lot of talent. They're a Under Armour program, um, and they produce a lot of talent. I'm really impressed with what they what they do. When my son was playing AAU in the younger days. We used to play against their younger teams, and they were always always solid you know they always had the fundamentals down you know i looked at one of the stats one day after the game and we shot up about the same amount of shots but they just made a lot of their shots they made a lot of their layups they made a lot of their you know foul shots and stuff like that so they're they're really efficient um program out there and I, i really enjoy watching them play so um but yeah so with that being said man thank you again for coming on the podcast. and uh so we'll catch up again i'll probably send you a message tomorrow and we'll catch up and and uh i'll i'll let you hear this before i post it
1: all right sounds good brother all
0: right dave appreciate it man
1: you have a good one all right
0: all right what a conversation with david swisher next up sports listen y'all gotta forgive me sometimes because you'll hear these beats right and in my mind i'll go back to my days when i thought i was a rapper so i'll just be sitting here listening to the beats bobbing my head and i'll forget oh wait a minute i'm on a podcast all right so y'all gotta forgive me for that but listen i'm glad y'all were able to take check this out i'm really excited about what's going on over at next up sports all right, so hope you guys will tune in. Really appreciate it. Leave your comments, leave your feedback. All right, y'all, thank you. Candidly speaking, this is your host, Luke Burke. We're out.